You are fake news. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Welcome to the Significant Strike Podcast. I am your host, Soft Weekly. With me, as always, is our expert handicapper, Val Dwyer. And tonight, we have a very special guest, Mike from the Strong and Jacket Picks pot, our, uh, Twitter account. He doesn't have a podcast yet, but he seems to have some insight, and we're happy to hear what he thinks about these fights. Val, I... Uh, I played the Trump saying, oh, I'm sorry about that, and we are fake news because, man, did we get crushed. Not just last week. Over the last two weeks, not too good for us. Yeah, well, I mean, so last week we lost the two-unit play, Felicia Spencer. Um, Yeah, not much else to say there. But, I mean, we did come back at the end because I added, well, I mean, yeah, I I added uh, two plays on the over for Cody versus Rob Font, uh, well, I bet round three to start uh, for one, you get that minus one twenty. So that hit, and then um, I bet fight goes the distance for at like plus what was it plus two seventy five for a quarter unit. So we ended the even though we lost the two unit play, we ended the card minus four point seven nine units. Um, yeah, so losing card, but minimize the losses there. Yep. Um, and, and overall, we're at plus 4.077 units after seven weeks of this. Not too bad. We're still making money. Mike, why don't you tell everyone about yourself and what you're doing here? Well, first of all, I want to thank you guys for having me. Um, this is a great podcast. I checked you guys out the last couple of weeks. You got some great insight, good picks. Things didn't go great for you last week, but, you know, that's the game we're playing. That's what we signed up for. Um, you know, I'm a UFC fan. Um I'm relatively new to handicapping within the last couple of years as far as UFC goes. Um, I've got about 25 years of handicapping, college basketball, NFL, a lot of other sports, but I've really sunk my teeth into this, and I've really enjoyed being part of the community, and I really appreciate the opportunity to be on here. And just like you guys, I didn't have a great week last week. I was pretty confident in a few picks. Bill Algio had a close one. I think oh, yeah, he, he won that, that fight. He won that fight. I mean, yeah. that was kind of a referendum on judging. I mean, what wins rounds? Do you does a ton of takedowns win mm, rounds, or does nah. a ton of strikes win rounds? I mean, this, a ton of takedowns can if if you do something with it. But it, right. so I think Lamas enough, uh, not Lamas Ramos. I always get that confused because Lamas Ricardo Lamas was Aljamain right, yeah. or two fights ago. That was a great fight. Um, but yeah, Ramos. I mean, he got so many in the first round. You, I, I couldn't score that for. Uh, Algeo, but the second and third round, clear, clear Algeo for me. And I didn't bet on it, so like, I'm not biased. Yeah, I mean, you never know what's, what these judges are gonna give you. And two of them gave it 30-27 to Hamas. That's, so yeah, we, we, know, we even, were amazed by that. We could not figure it out. <laughs> yeah, and a couple of the other fights I was high on, I, I like the Yancey Medeiros for a couple of units. That got scrapped at the last minute. I mean, who knows if that would even went my way. And then yeah. um, I did also like um, Paiva last week. I know Val was on the other side of that, but we were both looking forward to see how that played uh, yeah. out. 
Doc got scratched then, last minute too, so yeah. I hope we can step right down the line. Hopefully, Just I love the flyweight right. division. I love yeah. the flyweight division, so I'm looking forward to any heat we can get there, man. Yeah. All right. So, but, oh, yeah. go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. I was going to say, yeah, let's dive in. So, I mean, we're, this is another part one where we think we have value. Uh, hopefully, it goes our way. Um, where we're going to be looking at the main event for for well, not next week because it's in two weeks. Which we'll which is weird. Out, like a week from now. Which is weird for our part ones. We usually don't dive right into the main event, but. Mike, uh, what we do is uh, when Val sees value on a fight uh, and the odds are good, we'll put out a part one instead of just one whole episode because yeah. we want people to get those odds. Yeah, good stuff. I know you guys were big on Spencer last week. That didn't hit, but you know what? You got the people who were on Spencer, they got her at the right price. You know, if yeah, they waited yeah. until the end of the week, they would have maybe spent more, but more units to get a profit. So I, I totally understand. You know, you want to strike while the. You know, while the odds are at the, the right spot, otherwise, oh, yeah. you're going to, you know, yeah, not I mean, maximizing your value. Could have even hedged out at it for, you know, minimal profit, but yeah, you got to, odds are so important. You bet the number, not the fighter, not the team. And oh, you, yeah. you got to trust the process. If we feel like we're doing our work, sometimes it doesn't pay out, but, you know. Yeah. All right, but, Val, yeah, so dive right talking, in. Jairzinho Rosenstrike, Biggie Boy versus Augusto Sakai. Um,. They're both coming off losses, uh, which is, is just uh, this is just a weird main event. Like I don't think it should be a main event. Uh, I mean, I can see Jorginho in a main event, I guess, because he is a knockout fighter. But his last fight, he couldn't get going against Gon because Gon was just piecing him up from distance. But that's Seal Gon. I mean, he's like the most technical fighter at heavyweight right now. I mean, right. I mean, him and Volkov and Stipe are like the only technical fighters that have super technical <laughs> fighters at heavyweight. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, he's, Silgon's just so long. He, he uh, Jairzinho always wants to wait and counter, which he couldn't do any of that against Silgon because he was, uh, he had the shorter reach and Gon wasn't rushing in. He was just piecing him up from distance. Um, and, and Augusto Sakai got, I mean, he got beaten to a pulp by, by the Ream, uh, last September. Is just, I mean, it was started off, you know, decently close. I think Sakai won the first round. Um, but then, uh, Reem just, you know, enforced his game plan, got, uh, Sakai on the ground in the third, fourth, and fifth round and finished him, uh, uh, pretty quick, like less than a half a minute into the, that fifth round, ground and pound. I mean, he was, Sakai was just gassed, but, you know, totally gassed, totally unable to defend himself really by that point. Um, before that, Rosenstrike knocked out Junior Santos. And then before that, of course, around this time last year was his infamous knockout loss to Francis Ngannou. But I, so those are his only two losses in his career at Rosenstrike. It's hard to hold them against him that much. I mean, it's like, yeah, we, okay, we know he's not top three in this division, but he's lost to Gan and Ngannou, who are just insane athletic freaks. And then you have Augusta Zakai on the other hand, which, so he lost, he had the loss to Reem. Uh, knockout, and then before that he won a split decision against Bogoy Ivanov, which, so it shouldn't have been a split decision, it was, the judging was weird but it shouldn't have it should have been a draw to me because Ivanov won the first round clearly, Sakai won the second round clearly, and then Ivan, it was a close uh, third round, I mean Sakai was winning, Ivanov went to take him down, got him like, you know, almost all the way to the mat, 
And Sakai grabbed the fence in the most blatant fence grab I have ever seen that lifted him from being taken down to standing right back up. And they don't care about fence grabbing anymore. They've they've proven that. Was it it more blatant? Was it more blatant than Tony Ferguson against Josh Thompson? That was some of the worst. that was a Herb Dean fight. So you know, yeah. But um, I mean, then before that, uh, Sakai has some good wins. I mean, he beat, he knocked out Tabura. That's probably his best win because the, the before that he fought Arlovsky. And to me, Arlovsky outpointed him. I mean, there's I think I thought there was a better argument for Arlovsky thirty twenty seven than Sakai twenty nine twenty eight, which is what the split decision was in the end. And before that, knocked out Chase Sherman, knocked out Marcos Conrado Jr. on the uh, contender series. He going back his only other loss, other than official loss, other than the Reem loss, was to Czech Congo in Bellator in 2017. But I mean Sakai, he's he's a more, he's a Brazilian guy, uh, Muay Thai, BJJ. Although he doesn't really use his BJJ, he's only attempted two takedowns in the UFC and landed one of them. I think both were in the Chase Sherman fight, so three uh, four years ago now. Um, but yeah, he, he's all about kind of. He lunging into the pocket. I mean, he, he come, lunges in too much against a guy like Rosenstrike, and that's the main thing I like here stylistically because Jarzinho is all about that counter left hook. Like, that and counter low kicks, That that's what he's all about. That That's yeah. Jarzinho Rosenstrike in a nutshell. Um, and that left hook, yeah, is what wins in fights, is what won him so many fights in uh, kickboxing where he, he I forget what his record was, but it was pretty outstanding. Um, yeah, for Sakai, he, he has, like, average heavyweight power, I'd say. Nothing too amazing, but nothing bad. Like, he's, he's just your average heavyweight as far as power. Um, he does have some holes in his striking defense, especially up the middle. But he is good with strikes that come around his lead shoulder because he can shoulder roll and even uh, lift the high elbow guard to keep punches out from there. But some straight punches, like, Blue Ivanov landed so many straight left hands in that fight, um, I know Arlovsky was just coming up the middle with ones and twos the whole time in their fight. It, right up the middle, he seems to like let stuff go. Like he threw, like he he's has a tough time parrying them. He he can yeah use that shoulder roll to block, but he just has such a tough time timing his opponent's punches and effectively parrying them. Um, but his best stuff is when. He just comes into the pocket and lands big combos into the pocket. Um, and when he uses leg kicks from range, because he has some really powerful leg kicks, that's kind of what won him the fight against Ivanov. And the fence grab was, at, towards the end of that first round, the leg kick started landing and really, really slowed down Ivanov for the rest of that fight. But like Arlovsky, he wasn't able to fully establish it. Arlovsky outlanded him almost two to one and just picked him apart from range. And I mean, this is an Arlovsky who's you know, near the end of his career. He's not as washed as some people think, I think, but he he really did pick him apart from range. Had doubled the strikes in the first and second round, then close striking output in that third round. Um, oh, and Arlovsky is a guy that Jarzinho knocked out. I mean, MMA math doesn't work, but <laughs> right. you, gotta, you, got, you gotta note it. Um, yeah, his gas tank obviously isn't great because he gassed in, like, round three versus Arlovsky started to gas, and then obviously gas horribly against Overeem. And Jarzinho, well, he's not, like, in amazing shape. I mean, he's a chubby dude, but he's in better shape. He, I mean, he was able to stay there for five rounds of Cyril gone because he keeps, I think, I don't know if it's because he has, like, really great cardio or just because of the pace he keeps. He keeps a pretty low pace. 
is Jaisinho's whole thing is kind of backing up in slow and in small incremental steps to draw his opponents in, but he keeps that base the whole time because of how incremental the steps are. So it's hard, steps are so it's hard for them to time him between steps to catch him off balance. And then he, when they come in, he, he times them with that. Uh, he he really likes the inside low kick. Uh, I mean, he uses both inside and outside with the front leg and the rear leg, but he re- he seems to prefer that inside leg kick and that in the left hook. He times his opponents on their entries and catches them. I wanted to say this because you mentioned his gas tank. He looks like he's out of shape, but he, even in the loss to Cyril Gan, he went five rounds. And uh, in the Overeem fight, he went five rounds and damn oh, yeah. near till the end. You know what I mean? And then yeah. he he still possessed power at what was it? Um, four minutes and fifty six seconds into the fifth round, and it's kind yeah. of incredible that he's had what seven UFC fights and two of them would have went into the fifth round. So I think yeah. he has better cardio than people think. Yeah, I mean, you think you don't think cardio when you think heavyweights, and he has a belly, but not as much as Ivanov. I, he he just overall looks better than Ivanov, and he was still threatened at the end of that fifth round. Yeah, he, I mean, he knocked out Overeem badly, and he was still throwing with power. I mean, the fifth round, was, the fourth and fifth round was when he really got going in that Overeem fight, you know, more than the first three, honestly. Yeah, and he knocked him the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, his, anyone who has seen it, it was a great comeback knockout. Overeem's lip was split open badly. But, I mean, we've got to discuss the reason he was losing that fight, which is, I mean, his, he's atrocious on the ground. If he watched yeah. his first UFC fight against Junior Albini, he got taken down. And, I mean, Albini's not bad, but he's not great. He, he had no clue what to do in that first round and then was just managed to knock him out in the second. And I, I, I assume he's approved since then, but we haven't got to see it much. I mean, Gon took him down uh, when he wanted to late in that fight. But Sirogan has a really advanced ground game, so it, I can't compare him to Gusto Sakai. I don't think I still think Rosenstrike's ground game is bad, but I mean I hope he's been working on it. But he comes from kickboxing, so it's not like super surprising that he doesn't have a very highly developed ground game. A lot of these guys don't. Um, I, we've never done this before with a guest. This is our first guest ever, so I don't I don't want to I don't right, know how to uh, do this exactly, but I want to give. Yeah, Mike. Mike. Yeah, Mike. Do you got some thoughts? You want to weigh in on this? Have you been able to look at these guys much? Yeah, I mean, this one I had circled actually on my calendar even before last week's event happened. I saw this line, and you know, we talked earlier about timing line values, and I saw actually this opened at a round of pick'em. I think Jerzino might have actually been a small underdog. So when I saw him get to about one thirty. I actually messed up on this one, and I've actually locked him in and put a play on my account for two units. Um, Andres, you know, at minus 130. It's actually come down. It's coming back down a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised if it bounces around a little throughout the next uh, 10, 11 days, however much longer we have. Yeah, um, but I, do I, I like, think they I, got him in around 120 right now. Yeah, so, I mean, not too far off. I've been doing pretty good at timing lines lately. This one, we'll see where it lands, but... um. You know, this is a guy in Rosenstruck. He's lost two of his last three. Who has he lost to? Francis Ngannou, Cyril Gan. You know, there's no shame at all in either of those. Um, but, you know, he's he's fought these guys. He's got obviously got at a higher class than Augusto Sakai, who, 
Val, I agree with you. I don't know how Augusto Sakai ends up on main main event in two two straight fights, but um, <laughs> yeah, you know, it makes you question the matchmakers a little bit. Um, yeah. Anyway, you know he's fighting the elite of the elite. Sakai he lost his last fight too. Who did he lose to? A legend, yes, but also a guy who's been cut since then and is no longer with the promotion in Overeem. Um, you know, before, besides these losses, um, Rosenstruck, he's beat JDS. He's beat Arlovsky also, along with Overeem himself. And, you know, with some of these fights, Overeem, JDS, it's like he's playing, you know, he's hanging out long enough. Obviously, against Overeem, it was until the very last minute, but he's hanging out long enough until he could find that perfect KO shot. He's shown that he has the cardio to sit around and wait. And even around against Gon, I mean, I feel like he looked... He looked terrible against Gon overall. He wouldn't throw a punch, really, was the main reason about that. Yeah. You know, while they were on their feet, he kind of played okay defense. He didn't let Gon land the big shot on him. Yeah. Um, if you want to take one positive from it. Now, if he can do the same thing again on the feet against Sakai and wait around, he's probably got better cardio from what we've seen than Sakai. You know, Sakai is going to be more aggressive, you would imagine, than Gon. You know, neither Gon or Rosenstruck was very aggressive at all in that fight. Um, so, you know, I think if Rosenstruck shows the patience he has in the past, he's got the power to take this guy out. Um, you know, Sakai is not Cyril Gon. He's got a 77-inch reach, Sakai does, where Gon's is 81. Rosenstruck falls right in the middle of those guys. Um, like you mentioned, uh, Rosenstruck's a guy who was an elite kickboxer, uh, 10 of his 11 MMA wins have come by knockout. Um, I think the kicks, like you mentioned, the kicks could be the X factor here. Whoever's able to kind of establish, you know, more, more damage off of those kicks mm-hmm. might be the guy who kind of takes a step up. But, um, we, we, I th- we love the leg kicks here on this podcast. We love them. <laughs> oh, the leg kicks and jab. oh man. I would. Yeah. Believe me. I'm, I'm a backer of leg kickers for sure. But, um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, that's that's just Jarzino's game. He waits around, he waits around, and then when he decides it's time to take your head off, he will. I, somebody on Twitter last week was telling me that JDS was dominating him until the end, which I, I rewatched that fight just because, you know, I was like, am I, am I misremembering this? And that was basically a sparring session until yeah. halfway through the second round when it seemed like Rosenstruck just kind of decided, all right. I'm done done playing with my food. I'm gonna put this guy's lights out. Um, you know, Sakai doesn't have that signature win. I guess Tybura, like you said, who yeah, um, it's still not. You know, he, and he knocked him out quick. Yeah, um, that that was a good win though, because Tybura, everyone was high on him. That was a good win. Yeah, sure. but he's still not. He's not JDS. He's not Overeem. Mm-hmm. Which right, he's yeah. not. He's not battle tested. What names does he have? Tybura, Orlovsky, Overeem. I mean, these are mostly senior citizens. Um, it's not the Nganus. It's not Gan. Um, you know, it's, it could be a close fight. I'm not going to be shocked if Sakai wins, but I just think Rosenstruck's got the power advantage. Rosenstruck has the cardio advantage. He's got, you know, the experience in these main events against elite fighters. And I thought that even what I locked it in at minus 130, I thought that was pretty cheap taking everything into account. Yeah. So, well, one thing back to the leg kicks, I think they'll be more effective for Rosenstruck because Sakai is more reliant on mobility. He moves around a lot more. He circles his opponent. He darts into the pocket, pocket darts out. Whereas Jarzinho, he just, like you said, we keep saying he waits. I mean, he's not a round winner. Yeah. He, he's, he's won all these fights by knockout. Only one split decision back in Ryzen. Mm-hmm. His only decision, uh, 
until this gone fight, which he lost. But yeah, because he's not a round winner. He's not trying to win rounds. He's a heavyweight, and he's there to knock you out. I mean, there are heavyweights who are there to win rounds, like like Arlovsky, these days especially, there to win mm. rounds. But that that first round against JDS, it was close. I mean, but JDS did win it because he was more active. But but Jairzinho was just, you know, drawing him in, drawing him in. And then you saw two or three times in that second round, he really just exploded. And when he explodes, he is powerful. I mean, he has that right. power X factor that Sakai just doesn't have. This guy has average heavyweight power. Um, And his leg kicks, I mean, while they will do damage, it Jairzinho isn't as reliant on his mobility because he sits back and waits. I mean, you still want to have your legs under you when you're throwing punches. You want to throw with your hips and legs, of course. But when you're moving around and trying to throw punches, it's much more important. Yeah. Jairzinho's a lot about leaning back and throwing that left hook, hook as they come in. Um, and Rosen strikes, Rosen strikes leg kicks are incredibly hard, you know, because of his kickboxing background. I mean, when, when he lands one, it's like getting hit with a tree trunk. You know what I mean? They're, they're not ticky tacky bullshit. They're like really hard kicks. It only takes a couple of those to, uh, slow you down. Yeah. The, the same can be said about Sakai, I believe, but like, it, I, I, and I, I think low kicks will be a factor of most sides in this fight. But yeah, I mean, all the reasons I've said, I, I think Jairzinho will be more effective with them. I mean, he, he uses, throws them in combinations and encounters, whereas Sakai is mostly throwing them solo. You know, I mean, he says he doesn't like telegraph them entirely, but he's not, and he's not leading or closing combinations right. with them. He's not using them on counters, which. Jairzinho uses his, his low kicks on counters as much as he uses his left hook, Mike, which that, he loves, loves his left hook. Mike, that's another thing we're very big on is uh, ending combos with a leg kick. Yeah. <laughs> we love oh, that. And, com- and not only low leg kick, yep. Yeah. And not only does he end the combos with a leg kick, so one thing that Jairzinho actually does that most most fighters do not do is he starts them with low kicks. <sighs> he, mm. It's... It's well, it's that I mean, kick, it's he, that kickboxing background. The, yeah, the, you yeah. know, you see a different level of combos from him than you do yeah. from from a lot of other heavyweights. And Val, you brought up a good point. He's not a round winner. He's not a point fighter. And as silly as a main event as this might look to some people, if you're backing Rosenstruck, you're lucky to have those five rounds. If this was a yeah. three rounder, if this was more likely to go to decision, I don't know if I'd be as big on Rosenstruck. But he's got yeah. 25 minutes to find that shot. So. I yep. think that definitely yeah. plays and, into his advantage. And he, he's basically done 25 minutes twice. You know, he lost yes. one, he won one. But uh, the Overeem fight, he showed with four seconds left, he still had the power to KO a guy. You know what yep. I mean? So, and that, Absolutely. There might even... I mean, so we're looking at this. We're just looking at the money line. Like, Jairzinho, uh by knockout. So the prop isn't out yet for Jairzinho by knockout. But inside the distance prop is plus 110. I mean... I don't, I feel like I, I, I'm not gonna, I feel like that's not enough for me to go away from the safety of the money line. I mean, anything can happen, but I, I really think Jezinho has to get this done by knockout. And maybe if the knockout line is better than that plus 110, like plus 130, plus 140, may, yeah, I, maybe I would hop on that. I mean, we're still yeah, when ways there, out. When there's that, I'm sorry, Val, when there's that little variance in, in, in the number between the prop and the main line, yeah, I definitely stay away from it because I've seen too many crazy things to happen, yeah. and that's that's the sort of loss that you lose sleep over. Yeah, for sure. 
but it's just, and so the thing is, this is heavy. Anything can happen at heavyweight, and that contributes to this line being close. But I really do cap this line at like minus two fifty around there, minus minus two forty, minus two fifty. I think is is where I'd put this for Jairzinho. I might be slightly less, but I think you're right. I'd say like uh two ten, two twenty. But yeah, the only thing that deters me is it's heavyweight. You know, like anything can happen at heavyweight. Right. So, so yeah. So I mean. You factor that in, yeah, may, I, I, yeah, and with that, I agree with you a bit more. But it, it, he has a lot of advantages in this fight. He has much better defense. I mean, his his statistical defense numbers are not good because of the gone fight, because of the overhume fight where he got outlanded, um, badly. In the in the case of Gone and Overeem, I mean Overeem's the most accurate striker. In right, UFC that's history. that's what I was going to say. You're talking about probably the best striker yeah. in UFC history for heavyweights. Yeah, as far as as far as accuracy, uh, he's not even close to anyone else. Um, but Jairzinho, he had so the big thing. I don't even think I spent this before. Is his hand speed? Just his hand speed is so much faster. Sakai, like I said, he's late parry shots, and that's why he gets hit up the middle so much. Jairzinho is really good at parrying shots. He's and he's really good with that lead left hook, and it comes out right when his opponent steps in, where Sakai is reacting after the fact more. Um, and Jairzinho, I mean, even when he does get hit, he has a chin. I mean, he's not been dropped by anyone except for Francis and Ganu, and even then. He so while Nganu was charging forward, landing those or throwing those four super powerful, just wild wailing punches, Jarzinho. I mean, if you watch it in super slow mo, you see Jarzinho steps back. He actually lands his signature inside uh, lead low kick. Uh, lands a his other signature counter the uh, lead left hook before he gets knocked out. It's just uh, Francis has such a chin and was just such a force coming at him that th- there was nothing that was going to stop him there. But just, but really it- it's impressive that even with that coming at you, you have the presence of mind and the speed to, to land two strikes while Nganu is wailing away. Yeah. And, and it's worth noting that Nganu, um, the new cerebral Francis doesn't fight that way anymore. You know what I mean? That was his old bull rush days. Yeah. Just just I mean, run in and throw blows. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which uh which works great and I'm not taking anything away from him, but he he learned he can also get caught on that on that kind of shit. I mean anyone anyone if you get hit by uh Francis Nganu charging in on you with full shot, you're gonna be done. That's it. You know? Yeah. So it's it there's nothing there's no shame in losing that, but he doesn't fight that way anymore. Yeah. So let's get let's get to the, to the bet placing. I mean, so originally I really wanted to lock this in as two units, and I thought about it for a while. The only thing deterring me was, like I've said a couple of times, is it's heavyweight MMA, and anything can happen. So I I decided to lower this from a two unit play for me to like to a one point seven unit is what I've decided on. Um. I was going to do like 1.5, but then the odds came down from minus 130, minus 135 to minus the, the best you can get right now. Well, Pinnacle has minus 115. I don't have Pinnacle, but sports bet has minus 117. So I'm placing, uh, 
1.7 units on Jorginho Rosenstrike at the minus 117 odds. I mean, bet online is really close to that too, minus 119. Only the ones with bad lines like Bookmaker and Betway have him like above minus 130. I think they don't update those regularly, a few of those on um, best fight odds. Mm-hmm. They might yeah, not. I, I, I mean, I have Bookmaker too, and I, I can say they definitely do not have good odds for MMA. Uh, well, I, some I, of these, yeah, they might not. I track on best fight out, or, you know, yeah, that's yeah, where I, I track it. We all do. I mean, I have I have an account on um, Sportsbook, which is listed on Best Fight, and that's one book that they update their odds very slowly, which often plays mm. into your favor. Yeah. Um, well, a little sorry. tip there. No, that's fine. Go ahead. I'm just looking at it right now. Yeah, they don't like all the other ones. They have the the red and uh, green arrow to see which way the line's moving. Sportsbook, they don't have that at all. <laughs> it's just a flat line from 17th to now. Uh, yeah, nine days. Sportsbook, but, uh, and, Sportsbook has it moving from 125 to 130 right now. Oh, okay. for me, I'm just seeing flat minus 130. Though no, I haven't refreshed this page in a day, so. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and bet online it says minus 119, but then you click on it and it says minus 116 actually. So, well, okay, so actually we do have minus. I said minus 117, but uh, bet online is minus 116, so that's the best place you're going to get it right now. So 1.7 units at minus 116 yeah. on bet online. Uh, we got one cent there. That's worth it. Um, yeah, there's yeah. another place. Uh, oh no, that's the best. Yep, I'm looking across. That's the best. Um, Mike, yeah. and and you already locked in at two units on this fight. I did. I locked in two units at minus 130 because you know, I like I said, I saw that line. It. You know, let me actually check right now. What did it? Um, Gosh, it's saying the mean open for Jarzino was plus 120. Um, wow. So, you know, when I saw it get to 130, I got a little nervous that it might keep climbing. I wanted to jump on yeah. that. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, so I, I did lock in my two you. units. Yeah. yeah. So I locked in two units on um, at minus 130. My biggest concern really, you know, I feel pretty good about Rosenstruck, but, you know, the, my biggest concern, although Gone brilliantly neutralized him in that last fight, there was just no activity, no sense of urgency when he had clearly lost on points. He's still just kind of mm-hmm. standing there. You know, there was, you know, obviously gone. It's, it's hard to land. It's hard to land on that guy. But at some point, you're losing the fight. You're getting your butt kicked. You got to kind of just go for it. And he didn't really go for it in that fight. Um, yeah. Again, Sakai's not Cyril gone, which <laughs> yeah. I don't think comes as news to anybody, but. You know, I still have kind of a bad taste in my mouth about the way Rosenstruck looked a little bit um, offensively Ugh. in that last fight. Yeah, that, I mean, you get in down to the last minute, it's better to go out on your shield. Uh, you know, it, it, there's no shame in, in getting knocked out if you're at least trying to knock the other guy out because you're down like that, you know? Right. That, at least less shame in, in just losing horribly 50-45. That's, that's one of my... Uh... One of my pet peeves about the sport is if you're in a three-round fight, if you're down two rounds, that third round, go for it. You're already losing. Who cares if you get knocked out? You know what I mean? Go for it. And a Maybe lot of times, doctor, but yeah, yeah, but most, you know, no, no, I mean, I'm, I know I'm just messing around, right? But I mean, and that's one of my pet peeves. But I think this is. Kind of different because we already know Rosenstruck isn't a point fighter. He's waiting for his shot. And I yeah. think I think if he hangs out, he'll get a shot. 
five rounds yeah, against sure. Sakai, he's going to get it. He 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 did it to Overeem, who's one of the best strikers yeah. ever late in the fight. You know, and Overeem's probably fought what? You know, uh, six, seven, five round fights. He waited him out. Oh, tons, tons. Got to be more. Got to be like ten, fifteen. I, I don't know, but a lot, a lot. Yeah, he's fought so many five round fights, and and I mean, in that fight, Jarzinho did come forward more. You know. Because it, it, I, I guess it was just the length and the the technical ability of Gon that froze him. Maybe I, I don't know, but like in the in the uh, Overeem fight, you could sense the urgency more in him. You he, you saw him coming forward. He, yeah, he yeah. really came forward and lunged his punch out there to to catch him uh, to catch Reem on the chin and knock him out. It, it, that was a much better showing. Yeah, I agree with that. He he was a little more aggressive in that fight, and it paid off for him. So. Hopefully he's learned. Yep. Yep. All right. I mean, Here's that, that, that about sums up what I'm what, what I've got. I mean, I I, yeah. I gotta say I got worried too because it got up to like minus one thirty five. I saw and I was like, damn, I'm not. I mean, we're not doing the podcast for like two or three more days. Uh, that <laughs> line's gonna hit like minus one fifty. I'm gonna have to make it like a one unit play or it, depending on how bad it got. But then it, it went right back down to right around even. So that was a blessing for me.